Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. I thought maybe there'd be a video or something so I could quietly come up, but I guess not. Um, I saw this picture earlier. I was trying to figure out where that was from, and then I remembered it was when I beat you at darts, right? Because I was like, yes, I beat you, beat you again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is a little high for me, but that's okay. A um, little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Cody Turner. I am, uh, my wife and I are, thank you. Yeah, that's. That's perfect. Yeah. Yep, there we go. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm Cody Turner. I'm, I know I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to try to keep this short, which is not a problem for me because I have a lot of practice at it. Uh, so my wife and I, uh, some of you may not know me. Uh, I try to hide in the shadows a little bit behind, um, but a lot of you know my wife. We are complete opposites. Um, I am the quiet one that uh, not really a people gather. My wife, she will gather a group just by showing up. Uh, she's that one that everybody loves to be around, and I get to be there too. And uh, I'm the one that tells the really weird joke, and everybody looks at him, and I am dying laughing. I think I'm funny because my wife laughs at my jokes, but come to find out she's actually laughing at me, laughing at my jokes. But <laughs> I've realized that uh, a lot of times we're our you know, worst critic, and if I laugh at my jokes, then I must be funny. <laughs> See? Uh, all right. So anyway, uh, we're over small groups, which means uh, Michelle does most of the work, and uh, I get the title. Um, anyway, so let's, let's get into this. Uh, I named this the caravan. So originally I was going to name it, it's not about you. And I realized that that's kind of harsh. Uh, so it's not about you, but it's all about you. But anyway, it's the caravan. This is all about unity. So when we started this journey, Pastor Ben had uh, left, given us this um, little saying here, are we there yet? It's not a question about the destination, but a question about vision and perspective. Are you at a place of maturity in your spiritual journey to where you can face obstacles and challenges and still have joy? Is that where you are at? So let's read from the Bible, which is a good place to go. We have a, thank God, we have a, uh, a map. So we're all on this journey, right? This journey through life, and we have a map called the Bible. And uh, sometimes we forget about it and we go our own way and then next thing you know we are lost. So let me read from Philippians 1 through 11. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
you must have the same attitude that Jesus, that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, first of all, for Jesus and what he did for each and every one of us. And I thank you for this opportunity to get up here and speak. Pray that you will use me today to deliver a message to each and every person, an individual message, Lord, that will touch their heart and bring them closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was preparing for this message, uh, I was doing everything I could to avoid telling you about myself. Um, I was going to tell you all kinds of fun stories, but not really get to the heart of who I am. But I realized that a lot of you don't actually know me. So I'm kind of, I'm going to intertwine myself in, uh, in this story as we, we go along our way so you can get to know who I am. I have had a relationship with God that's kind of been like this. I don't know if any of you have. A lot of you got saved. There you go. Well, many of us have been like this, you know, up and down and left and right. Uh, first ever got saved, got to know Jesus. I went to a a, a youth camp when I was in high school, and I, I, I'd never gone to church. I only went to this camp because all my friends who were a year older than me were going, and I thought, hey, this is going to be a good time, spend, spend time with my friends. I went there, and oh my God, the presence of God was there. At least I felt it. None of my friends, they were just partying, and you know, it was about the girls, and I'm like, something's different. What are you guys doing? And finally, this this a uh, leader from another church comes over and he's like, I feel like God's really moving on you. I'm like, me too. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I've never felt this before. I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, um, and he just led me in the prayer of salvation. And there I was. And I, it was awesome. I was like, holy cow, this whole new world has opened up to me. And then I went home. And I'm trying to read this Bible, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm reading, I'm like, you start at the beginning, right? So I'm reading the Old Testament, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, and I, there was, I wasn't a part of a church, and I was off on my own. And, I, and there are all my friends. And I'm like, you guys are Christians? I think. I mean, I, you don't do anything that the Bible says you should be doing, so I don't know what to do. So I just kind of went on my own way and kind of forgot what I was doing. And I got lost in the world and went and played college football. Yes, I played college football. <laughs> Three shoulder surgeries later, my NFL career went down the tube. And I uh, realized that that wasn't a place for me. But if any of you have been around people that are really, really into their sport, and they go to college, and then once they get done, 
it's like, I only went to college to play football. I have a degree, but I have no direction in my life. I have no idea what I'm doing. And thank God there was this guy that came into our family. <laughs> I didn't want to cry, but whatever. Um, ben came into our family, and my sister, who I prayed for in high school, even though I didn't really know how to pray, she gets radically saved, and the rest of my family were like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> like, what the heck's going on? Who is this person? She's not who, who we thought she was. She's a completely different person. And it bothered some of us. It, it did. To be honest with you, it bothered some of us because this is not the person that we, we knew. But then we realized she's a lot better than the person that we thought we knew. <laughs> um, she's still the same person, but she's so much better. And then there's this really tall guy, which, I mean, he's tall. Um, and, you know, I, I loved spending time around them. They moved to San Diego, and I'm like, I'm going to go visit. So I'd come down. <laughs> Stop crying. You're going to make me cry. Uh, I would come down to visit, and I was sitting in this church, and I'll be honest, God is amazing. He works miracles, and he speaks through people. And today he's going to speak through me. There's so Hold on one second. There is someone that's watching online. You're about to give up in life. You're about to give up on the church. Don't do it. There's something for you. Anyway, and I was sitting there in a church service in the front row. It was a youth service. And I was, I was just in San Diego to surf to be honest, and, and I went to the service because I had to. They were, they were the youth pastors. So for me to spend the night at their house, I had to go to the youth service. So I'm sitting there in the front row, not paying attention at all. And they had this visiting speaker come, and clear as day I hear this voice, listen up. And out of the blue, I look up, and it may have been different words. It's been a long time. Um, but God told me to listen. And I look up, and this guy all of a sudden turns to me and looks at me, and he's like, you're going to preach the word. And I'm like, I just start bawling because I was like, you're right. <laughs> and I had no idea why. Um, so then started my journey, and I started um, going to church and serving, and then I went back home, and guess what happened when I went back home? I had no church family. I started going to different churches, and, but it was so hard. It's, it's hard for me to connect with people. I am, I am the type of person where I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm okay sitting in front of you talking, but get me in a group. I am super shy, and I'm like, let me get to know these people before I start talking. I'll throw in a stupid joke, but let me get to know these people. And so it was really hard when I went up there. I, 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 I had a hard time connecting. I went to one church, 
and I knew all these people, and I'm like, yeah, but I knew all you people when I wasn't saved, and I feel really uncomfortable right now. So I went, went to a different church, which was fantastic, but it was hard, and um, this one, uh, I was kind of starting to go off the rails again, and this one person, she, God bless her heart, Velma Curry, she's, she's an it, but she looks at me, and she's like, have you given up on God because he hasn't given up on you? And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I, I decided to come down to San Diego and, and I knew God was saying, you need to go to San Diego and you need to help them with their youth church. So I came down, came down. I was connected with this church. You know, Steve, you were there. And it was fantastic. It was it was amazing. Ben Kropach, where you at, Ben? He gave me his the first worship CD I've ever had. Um, and I would listen to that on my road trip home to Washington when I would drive home sometimes. And um, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Got connected. Church was amazing. I was doing really well. And then uh, there's always and then, right? Uh, I don't know. Some of, some, some of you may not have an end then. So <clears throat> I got to a point where they left. They're like, hey, we're going to go help a church in Las Vegas, a youth church. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to go over here and help this church start. So we went and helped this church, a, a group of us. And I actually got married at that time. Stand by with that. Woo. Um, <laughs> So I was in the church, I was helping, man, I helped start a church, and, um, and then Ben and Katie came back, and I knew, hey, I came, I moved to San Diego to help start their church, so that's where I'm going. So I go there, and then I'm, I'm starting a new job, and I don't know, have any of you got wrapped up in your job so much that you forget about everything else? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> that was me. Not only did I get wrapped up in my job and forget about church, but I forgot about family. I forgot about everything. We have a guidebook, right? If we leave this guidebook behind and we're like, we're, I'm good, go out on the journey by yourself, walk by yourself, you're good for a little while, right? But then when that storm hits and you can't hold up that shelter on your own, it all comes crumbling down on top of you. Got a divorce. Yeah, they, they actually let divorced people up on this stage to talk, isn't that? Talk about restoration. Um, and, and man, it was, it was rough. It was rough. I'm going to talk about this passage for a second. I'd, I'd put this sto uh, line in here. We can do this journey alone, but it's always better with others. But then I realized that we can't do this journey alone. We can't. We try. Some of you might be really good at doing it alone. I'm really good at going away and doing things on my own when things are good. It's when you hit that rough patch, right? That rough patch, when you hit that hard spot that you can't do it alone. 
In this passage, Paul's talking to the church of Philippians, and he's talking to them about unity and about the church and how we're going to succeed as a church. And he gives us direction as a church. How are we going to impact the world? How are we going to make an impact? It's by doing it together. It's by unity. It's about the impact that we can make as a group. And not only are we going to make an impact in the world, but we're going to be able to impact each other. In this time right now of, of COVID and everything else that's going on, there's created so much division in the world, so much division in the church. But Paul's calling us back, saying, hey, hey, we need to get together. Come on, guys. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. So I, I got three points out of this. The first one I have is, is be of one mind. And it, it, it brought me back to us as a church. And it says be of one mind. Is it telling us all to be the same? Is it telling us all to act the same, to do the same things? No, it's to be of one mind, one direction. If we're all going in separate directions... Where's the church going to go? So, Canvas Church. This is on our website, so you guys can look it up. I'm not making it up. Canvas Church exists to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ so that they might encounter him, know his love, and live his plan. Are we all on board with that? Are we as a church on board with that? If we are, then we're of one mind, one direction. That's where we're going. We're not asking you all to be the same person. I'm going to go over to 1 Corinthians 1.10 real quick. If you guys want to meet me over there, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. If I can get there. All right, let me read this again. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Let's, let's do that. Anybody else want to do that? I want to do that. And then... I'm going to cruise on over real quick to 1 Corinthians 12.27. And in this passage, it's talking about the church being the body. And we're all hands and feet and everything else. And it says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. 1 Corinthians 12.27. So God's calling us to be united in one purpose, to be together. And we're all different. We all have a story. We all have something we can do. I will not be able to gather a big group. But God put me and my wife together now, and all of a sudden we have a house full of people. When I was living on my own, and I was back in the church, I'd have a house full of four people because they were my friends. 
But now we're able to gather together and bring all these people. Why? Because we're one purpose, one direction, one group. We all have a story. I share part of my story. I'm going to finish it. It's part of my journey. You all have a testimony to give. You all have something to share, each and every one of you. I cannot impact the person Eduardo does. He's going to impact somebody else. Somebody Jeremiah does over there. I'm not going to be able to bring them in, but you're going to bring them in. They're going to hear my story, and their life's going to be changed. And that's how we do this together as one group and one purpose. And then when one of us falls, we grab onto them and we bring them up. I was sitting there after my divorce, full of shame and hurt and pain. It hurt. It was bad. I don't know if any of you have been through it, but it's terrible, especially when you are a part of the church. When you're a part of the family, and now you got to show up at church, and people are going to look at you, and guess what their first question is? Hey, where's so-and-so? Oh, now you have to explain yourself. Not what you want to do. I, I don't know if any of you have ever gotten lost on purpose. I got lost on purpose. I left the church. Not because of something the church did to me, but because I didn't feel worthy of the church. Not because of anything the church did to me, but because I didn't want to put my face in a church. How do you stand in front of the people that were at your wedding and tell them that you're no longer married? How do you explain to people what happened? It, 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 it's, it, it hurts. It's hard. But one day, this person asked me to go get nachos, of all things. And we sat down, and we had nachos. And just that simple fact of that person reaching out to me and sitting with me told me it was okay. It was okay. It didn't matter what happened. It happened. But it was okay. It not, I'm not a bad person. And that's what we're all here for. There's someone next to you that may be going through something really hard, and they're not going to tell you because they don't want to because it might be something that's shameful to them. But you... Just being you sitting next to them can change their life. You just reaching out to them and being their friend and living your life for Christ will change the person next to you. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we think we have to have some, something to say, but we don't. The other, a couple of weeks ago, a, some a close friend of mine died in a car accident. Head on. And uh, some of our friends were, were it, was, it was people through work, and uh, it was my day off, but I knew there were people at work, and God, it just felt like cr 
God was tugging at me to go. Like, you got to go. You got to go. You got you to gotta talk to them. You got to be there for them. You got to be the church. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. I haven't prayed that hard in a long time. Like an hour. Okay, it was like 30 minutes. <laughs> Felt like an hour. Driving to work. And I'm praying, 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 praying. I'm like, God, I don't know what to say. What do you say in these situations? What do you do? I don't know. And I show up and I walk up and I get to see my friend's demeanor completely changed. And we got up and we gave each other a big hug. That's all it took. It did not matter at all what I said. You carry his presence. When you walk through this world, you are in the Bible, you're praying, you carry the presence, your mere presence can change the life. So I, got, I, I came back to church. Well, it took a while. <laughs> Next point, be humble. Oh, that's hard sometimes. It's easy to say. It's hard to do. Go to Matthew 18, 1 through 4. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then if you go back to this same passage we're in, Philippians 2, 6 through 8, if I can get to it through my tears. It's, it's amazing how sometimes we kind of forget to go back to our roadmap. So 6 through 8 talks about Jesus, our example. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in the obedience of God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You think about those two things. First, the one when he's talking about a child my child's right there. Got to come in here and listen to Daddy talk. Probably wondering why I'm crying. Um, but you think about those things, and you think about a child. I get the privilege of having two amazing boys that I get to teach all kinds of different things. Eventually, I'm going to teach them how to shave. So I just came back from vacation, decided not to shave. Wife said, you be you, so I'm me. Um, so you think about a child and, and how you get to teach them and mold them and, and help that guide them to Jesus, hopefully. But they're teachable. When we become adults, sometimes we're not teachable. 
sometimes we're not humble. We, we like to think we're humble. Back when I was going through my stuff with my divorce, I would have told you I'm shame, I am full of shame and regret, and that's humble, right? I'm hurting. That's humble. But I wasn't humble enough for God to work in me. When you're going through a divorce, you probably did something wrong, right? I mean, you, to be honest, you failed in a marriage. But it's really easy to blame the other person. Oh, look what they did. Oh, they did this. They did that. They did that. Yeah, it didn't work because of that. It wasn't until I'm trying to work my way back into the church, still dealing with shame, that God one time said, well, what about you? What did you do? In my moments of prayer, it's like, well, you're, ne you're never going to get better until you deal with you. Stop trying to deal with them. You can't change them. Humble yourself and realize that you were part of the problem. There's two people in an equation, right? In a marriage. There's two. So you're part of the problem. And I realized I made a ton of mistakes. But it took me humbling myself for God to work in me and through me and, and to do something to put me where I'm at now. Do you think he would ever, I would ever be back up here if I didn't take the opportunity to humble myself? At one point, as I'm, I'm through this, going through this journey after my divorce, and it, it took a while. I'm, I'm stubborn, right? I'm a little stubborn. A little hard-headed, a little stubborn. Take a while to get humbled. And um, I take this road trip. I love road trips. And thank God I married somebody that loves road trips. And we're forcing them on our kids. Hopefully you like it. Um, we love road trips, and I was, I was injured from work one time, and I had time off, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a road trip back to Washington. I got in my car all by myself. I was, I'm really good at separating myself. I don't know if any of you are, but when you're going through a hard time, God wants us all together. He, he wants us to be in community. The devil wants to grab you and pull you away. And he's going to do everything he can. He's going to use every tool he can. Might just be COVID. Might be something else. It might be somebody saying something to you and you getting offended. That person doesn't even know they offended you, but you're like, you know what? They offended me. I'm leaving the church. I'm gone. And next thing you know, you're wandering off in the desert alone. And now you hate the church because nobody reached out to you, but nobody know that you knew that you were hurting because you didn't tell anybody you were hurting because you're not in community. Get in a small group. Tell somebody you're hurting. Go to somebody. Tell them you're dealing with something. But I separated myself. I was alone. So I went on this journey by myself, and 
thank God he's an awesome God and can work miracles because I'm driving through um, this is the Redwoods, Northern California. And at this point in my journey, I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with not feeling good enough, not worthy. Um, I, I let down God. At first, when I got divorced, I blamed God. God, I, I helped start a church. I, I, I was serving in the church. How could you let this happen to me? And then God reminded me that you, it happens to you because of decisions you make, not because of what I did. It was decisions I made that led to where I was. And, and, I, and I get to this point in the Redwoods hurting by myself, alone. And I started just thinking about life. I thought, when was the last time I was happy? When was the last time I was happy? I can fake happy really good. I don't know if any of you can. I can fake it good. And I was sitting there driving, not, well, yeah, I was sitting there driving, but thinking about it. And I was like, man, when was the last time I was happy? Oh, yeah, it was when I was serving in the church. I was serving in the church in community. That's when I was happy. So I made the decision right then, right there. Never going to leave the church again. Never going to leave. I don't care what happens. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people do. It does not matter to me. What matters to me is my relationship with Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and the community around that. The church. That's what matters to me. And I made the decision right then. I don't care if I'm sweeping floors. I'm going to be serving in the church. And what will, what's funny is later it pays off with my marriage. And that's a long story that I'm already going long. I got like five minutes left. But that decision right then led me here. And I, I don't feel worthy of being here but he counted me worthy. The last point I want to bring up is, is to be mindful of others. And I think that is one that we, we can struggle with is we're really good at being selfish. We're really bad at realizing what's going on with others. And you look at this COVID thing and a lot of people can look at the church and it was hard. I'm part of the executive leadership team and it was really hard that making, trying to make decisions on what to do and where to go, and, and you're trying to do the best for everybody, and you're trying to think of others, and um, I have a scripture, but I'm just going to talk, and, and basically, we, there were times where we're like, how, how can we reach the most people, and, and people on the inside and outside were looking at us like, how can the church be doing this? How can the church be doing that? There were some people that, God bless you, you're, you're online still. Because you need to be online, and that's what works for you. But what you don't realize sometimes is that doesn't work for somebody else. There are people that need the community. There are people that have to be there in community or else it's going to affect them. There's people out there that are dealing with addiction, depression, because of separation. 
They needed to be in the church in community. You might be okay with doing something else. And then there's people in the church that are like, I can't believe those people are watching online. Why don't they show up in church? Well, you don't know what they're going through. They might have some sickness that if they get it, they're gone. Don't look at them and, and think they're wrong. They're right for them. And he wants us to think about the community, to think about each other, to be mindful of each other. It says in here, let me go back real quick. Sorry. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. He's not telling you not to think about your own interests, right? Be, think about your own interests, but also think about others too. We, a lot of us that have served in the church, we think, like especially me, oh, you're struggling? Come, serve in the church. Come, be alongside of us. Come, every Sunday, set up. That may not work for you. I've heard this thing recently about uh, spiritual abuse and how the church can talk people into doing things. That's because you don't know the word no. I, to me, serving in the church saved my life. For you, it may not work right now. Say no. But if you can say yes, it's amazing. It's fun. You get in community. Join a small group. Be in community. If the worship team comes up, I know I'm going... I'm going long. I said I was short, and, but I'm just short. I'm, I'm long-winded. <laughs> but I'm short. So I, I shared a lot and told you a little bit about my story. It's a lot longer than that. My, my marriage story, Rainforest, it's, it's amazing. God has worked in amazing ways in my life, and I don't even know where to get started sometimes, and hopefully this meant something to you guys. Hopefully it impacted somebody. God's calling us together. How do we impact the world together? And corporately, we can't impact the world together. But we can individually get impacted by the church, by the love of the church, by each other. How do we stand during storms? We stand next to someone. Jesus will get you through. He'll get you through. It'll be hard. And you definitely need that person to lean on. I'm going to circle back to the beginning of this passage. Paul asks some questions. Is there any 
encouragement from belonging to Christ. Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? Do you feel encouragement on a daily basis? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Do you have compassion for others? Do you feel the compassion of others? Some of you out there, maybe where I was before I left, you're ready to take that journey on your own. Like I said, there's somebody online right now, you're ready to give up. He wants you to get in community. He wants you here. He loves you. He loves his church. He wants to change your life. But you can't get through it alone. Call somebody. Tell somebody. Get in a small group. If you're hurting, don't hold it inside. There's healing. We, we did community this morning. And by his stripes, you're healed. Let us pray for you. Let us stand by you during this hard time. Jesus humbled himself and died on a cross, a criminal's death, so that you may be saved. All of us. And those of you who are, live your life in a way that impacts that person that isn't. So I'm going to pray. If you've never accepted Jesus, I'm telling you right now, it's the best decision of your life. It's not always going to be easy. Trust me, it's not always easy. But he loves you. If you're going through a difficult time, come tell us. Let us pray for you. If you don't want to come forward this morning, talk to somebody, reach out to somebody. You should never have to do it by yourself. That's why we're the church. That's why we're his body. We're his hands. We're his feet. We have one purpose. It's to reach our world for him. If you're online and you need somebody to, to pray with you, make sure you reach out. Let's do this together as one. Don't let, don't let him divide you. Don't let him lead. And when I'm talking about him, I'm talking about the devil, obviously, because Jesus wants us all together in unity. All right, so I'm going to pray. If you need to come forward, if you got something going on, come forward. If you don't want to come forward, 
at least reach out to somebody. If, if you've never accepted Jesus, we'd love to lead you in a prayer of salvation. All right, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you that even at times when we're lost, you call us back. You never want us to leave, but when we're gone, you never tire of reaching out towards us. We can run as hard as we can, but you're so much faster. You're already there tugging at us to come back. We just ask you right now, Lord God, to continue to draw people in, Lord. I pray that we will leave today and that we will stay in unity and that will impact the world together. In Jesus' name, amen. You're good to go. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are good to go. If uh, you want prayer at all, just come on up. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. If you just want to hang out, hang out. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.